Hi, this is Emily Nolan, and you are listening to Brave Talks. Today on the show, I chat with Micheline Clancy about the heartache and hope of motherhood and the vulnerability it takes to offer our presence to others, even when it's uncomfortable. Micheline Clancy is the mother of Tad, the cutest boy in the world, who was born with a life-threatening heart defect and charge syndrome, among other complications. Her open-heartedness about Tad's miraculous journey and about the role we can play in showing up for those in pain is a timely testament to the power of community, faith, and empathy. Let us know what you think of this episode. I get teary-eyed just thinking about what you're about to listen to. She is such an inspiration, and I'm so excited to introduce Micheline to you all. So I have a two-year-old who, his name is Theodore, but we call him Tad because, like his dad says, he hasn't grown into Theodore yet, so we call him Tad. He was diagnosed during pregnancy with art defect. It was kind of like a appointment where we thought we were going in to find out if he was a boy or a girl. And unfortunately, at the time, they knew that it was a severe heart defect. During our pregnancy, it was changed multiple times. But in the end, it's a heart defect called hypoplastic left heart syndrome. I'm not going to act like I'm a doctor or act like I know the full anatomy details. But basically, your heart has four chambers. Only one of those lower chambers developed. So he's essentially a single ventricle baby. And what also people say is a blue baby. So so his heart defect is at the top of our list of what is most concerning with him. But he also has a genetic defect called Charge syndrome. Um, So this is something we didn't know during the pregnancy. Other things that come along with Charge syndrome, like he has colobomas in his eyes, which is basically like little pieces missing in his eyes that um, affect his vision. He has his little ears. They're called charge ears. I say they're elf ears. Um, He has pieces missing in his ears, which affect his hearing. And then he was born with a cleft lip and a cleft palate. So he had that repaired. He's a trooper. He's been through quite the, quite the journey, but He's much more than any diagnosis could ever vouch for. We call him Tad, but he does have lots of other identifying factors to him. He's amazing. People say I'm positive, but I mean, I have this baby that's went through more than people have went through in their entire life. And he wakes up every day and he's happy. And whether he gets his way or not, he still smiles. So he's kind of my motivation in life to find the silver linings, to, you know, find what's positive in your life and be grateful for what you have. Wow. I can't imagine just being in that appointment. I remember actually I had my blood drawn and then they called me like, it's a, it's a boy. I was hoping it was a girl. (laughs) No, I'm happy. It's a boy, whatever. (laughs) But I, I, I can't imagine, like, I remember being pregnant thinking it's so incredible what motherhood and, and challenge and adversity and rising up to meet those, those challenges does to, a human being and does to parents. Yeah, I cannot agree more with, I say it all the time, but if you would have given me a piece of paper that said, this is going to be your future, I would have laughed and said, I could never handle that. And yeah. I still, to this day, look back at what we have done for Tad and everything that he's been through. And I can't believe that we got through it. I don't, but it also inspired me to know that we're much 
more capable of accomplishing things. And when you look at something head on, sometimes it's scary. You think there's no way I can do that. There's no way I can dedicate my time to that. But then I look back and I think I would never said I could do that with TAG. So it's made me have such optimistic outlook on my future. I'm not saying like, oh, I can never do that. I'm saying, okay, what do I need to do to get to that? You know, I never said like, oh my gosh, he's too much for me. I don't want him. Like I never even thought that. And we joke about it because there would be doctors come into the room and tell us like, oh no, he's going to be a vegetable and he's going to, and I'm like, what do you, you want me to tell you? Exchange him. I want a new one. You don't say that. You don't say that about your child. You don't say that about your life. You just figure it out and you move forward and you make the best of it. And I think we have in some, there's hard days, but I'm grateful for Tad and I'm grateful for what his life has taught me. I have goosebumps. I'm so inspired. And I just, I, I agree with you. It's like, how would you come in and be like, well, you know, he's really not going to have the best life or whatever. And you're like, well, you just don't say those things. I mean, what do you, anyway, I, I feel like toddlers Mm -hmm. really push us to live in the present moment and that is such a gift. Like when I look at Ollie, I'm like, oh my gosh, like you just have no fear. And when you're talking about Tad and how he wakes up in the morning with joy and you just like, I just had a surgery <laughs> yesterday and like, here I am, like bounce yeah. back. And I, I feel that joy from him and from you on, on your Instagram, um, social media channel and just how you share about your journey and his smile and he's just so cute and he's adorable and I can't wait for him to play with Ollie when quarantine is over. Uh, Has that been one of your biggest, has he been your biggest teacher? Yes. I won't say that prior to Tad, I did have things in life that kind of molded me into the person I am. But now that it's crazy to look back on it and think like everything that happened in my life was to create me to be the person I am for Tad. I honestly, he may have been created for me, but I think that I was created for him. I think that every lesson I learned in life up until him was just molding me, whether you're religious or not. I believe that God molded me into be the mom that I am to him. It's so sad talking about like the start of him, but it's a miracle. And I think that it's important to to take what we get in life and make the best of it because it's what we're here for. You know, it's part of like what creates us to be who we we need to be. I tried. I said when I did this that I wasn't going to cry, but I can't not cry. (laughs) How about it? This couple, this is so random, but that they got into a car accident and they said something like that the devil tries to break us, but that God finds a beautiful way to make it a testimony of him and our faith. And I think it's beautiful. It's sad. It is sad. Unfortunately, life's not always pretty. It's not always happy. And, you know, it's part of it. Oh, I'm sorry. I said, I was like, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry. <laughs> nothing to apologize about. This is such a, a real emotion that so many people go through. And to know that you can feel and you're you're allowed to, to have that emotion is so important. So please, you know, take up all the space and take up all the time that you need. You have so much empathy and understanding of of what people are going through now. Like what an amazing gift. I feel like as a mom of just Oliver with food allergies, you know, I have 
empathy and just being a mom in general, like your kid's not going to go through life unscathed and without challenges. So we just have so much more empathy and understanding of life. Like you're saying before you had Tad, you had things that molded you and shaped you as did I. And now I see that and I'm like, wow, I was so focused on myself and to live selflessly. And, you know, right now I'm homeschooling and and I love it. And I'm not ashamed to say it. I'm like, I'm enjoying being a mom and spending time with my son, like out in the park, getting dirty and whatever. Like, sure, there are tough days, but I think empathy is such an important feeling to have. And being a mom has really given that to me. And I just can't imagine what goes through your mind, like when you see other parents going through challenges. Every time you go to Nicholas Hospital, you probably want to hug someone. Yes. Oh, yeah. No, it gives you a different insight on life. And it also makes you very aware when you think like, you know, you just want a healthy baby. You don't think about like, there's so many things that like when you see a healthy baby, it's not just like, oh, you had a healthy baby. That is a miracle that nothing went wrong. Because So many things, heart defects are the most common defect. And that's one in every hundred babies, one in every hundred. If you think about that, that happens so often. And it does, it just makes you have a different respect for your health. So much goes into a life and so much goes into, it's a lot of work. I think that, you know, it's it's ignorant to think like, oh, I'll just have a healthy baby or it's special needs parents or parents who have medically needy babies it's hard to talk about just like I cried it's hard to open up to that side of us because it's vulnerability at its most I mean it's it's hard but again just because I say it's hard doesn't mean that I don't appreciate it and it doesn't mean that I don't I love Tad any less now two years into having Tad I feel like it's very hard for me to vocalize my struggles having a medically complex child while also honoring his life and being so grateful. And I feel like it's a really touchy subject. And I feel like a lot of people don't want to talk about it because they don't want to get upset or they don't want to be taken the wrong way. And like my social media page, it's a very, I feel like I teeter totter on like, is this too much for people? Is this, this, but it's motherhood. Like, I'm not going to act like my life is so much different than anybody else's. Yeah, we've had different struggles, but you all go through, everybody goes through struggles. Yeah. And to understand what everyone's going through by having these conversations and brave conversations where we can say, it's not all rainbows and unicorns over here. Like I'm struggling, but that doesn't mean I'm not loving motherhood and loving my son and our parents and the generations before weren't vulnerable. Vulnerability wasn't cool and it was a weakness. And now it's really become a, a strength we need to be heard. We need to express ourselves. And so it's important that that you're doing this and, and talking about what you're going through in a real and honest way, the ups, the downs, the silver linings, the challenges, the scares. And what is the best way for us to support you? So I will say everybody is so different, like when you have these experiences. And the thing that helped me the most was con- to connect with other people families like ours and even by doing that I've found I have friends you know medical friends on every spectrum I will always say this but that Instagram page it sounds weird but like those moms on there that just like message me that have 
it's so it's it's amazing because I was so supported by families of every every type like I had typical parents write me and say like you're doing great but make sure you take care of yourself like they they kept me afloat I think there's a misconception that like if you don't have that life you don't understand it so you don't try to relate and you don't try to be there for them because you don't want to offend them but I think it's the opposite I think that even if you don't know what somebody's going through say you don't know what they're going through and offer just like you said what can I do to support you yeah, the simple act of listening and being there, like you're saying, is is so medicinal and it takes an amount of patience and a little bit of time. And right now, in my stage of life, realize more than ever that time is the most valuable gift that we can give each other. And, and also practice, practice, practice listening. It's so important just to to do those two things has really been a game changer for me as an outlet to have people give me their time and to listen. I feel so heard and so valuable because time is a limited resource. What would you say to um, Micheline who is seven weeks, 12, I think it's 12 weeks pregnant, you know, learning, about what's going on with Tad, what would you tell that, that version of yourself? To hang in there, to have faith. And gosh, that is crazy to think back. I'm not going to cry again. I'm not going to cry again. I was still so young. I was not ready for that. Nobody can ever be ready for that. I don't think anyone can say, yeah, I'm at that age. <laughs> Let me have that happen to me. I guess I would just say to have faith to know that everything will work out. But the truth is, is all those feelings I had were completely valid. Like I I had every right to be miserable, a mess. I probably would have told myself to chill out a little because (laughs) I definitely went into preterm labor because I was so stressed out. (laughs) So I probably would have told myself to chill out so that he could stay, in my belly a little bit longer, but I was really hard on myself for being so scared because I felt like if I was scared, that meant I didn't believe in Tad and that I thought the worst thing was going to happen. And I think it's a normal response, but I feel like I went through this, like, like they say, you have the angel and the devil on your shoulders and my whole, even still sometimes today, I see the like both sides of it. And It's hard to then become mentally stable because you feel so torn, like, I should believe in my baby, but these are the statistics. And then you start reading, and that's a hard thing to to really argue with. You can't argue with statistics, but you can't also argue with miracles. I mean, you can never... The doctors even still today are blown away by Tad and his, his story, but it's a testimony. It's a testimony that... He was meant to be here. I'm so sorry. I can't not cry. And I even was like last night, I was talking to Tyler and saying like how I had a little bit of anxiety thinking about like reliving these days of Tad. I think back on like when he was just like a little baby zombie and didn't do anything. And all I wanted was for him to like play with us. And now I'm like, okay, can you just take a nap now? (laughs) But it's just, it gives you perspective though. It gives you a lot of perspective. And 
definitely reach out to people. I isolated for a while just because I felt like my experience was also affecting others. Although it was my baby that was diagnosed, it was, I don't even know how to fully describe it. And I know that a lot of other parents or even other people who go through traumatic things in life, it's, it's your story, but it affects other people. So it's, my grandparents had twins and it was Michael and Micheline. And unfortunately, Micheline was born with a heart defect and she passed away when she was 18 months. And when I was born, they, my mom asked to name me after my dad's twin. So heart defects run really deep in our family. It was so hard to tell my grandparents that my baby was going to be born with a defect and I could just see it in their eyes like how much they hated that this was going to happen to me what happened to them and it's still hard and my grandma loves talking about him and loves saying that she has a million and five people praying for him but my grandpa doesn't want to talk about so it's really hard to to navigate. I lost a lot of friends. I, a lot of relationships that I had with, you know, families kind of fell off because people didn't know how to handle it. And so it goes back to that, you know, you may not know what to do, or you may not be the best person, or, you know, you may not know like how to approach them or how to help them, but just being there makes a huge difference. It's hard because you can never say you know what you're going through even to somebody who's had something happen like that too so I would say you know be easy on yourself reach out to whoever will be there for you and have grace for the people who don't know how to be there for you because I'm sure that they don't mean to make you feel abandoned or embarrassed but they don't know how to handle it that's an amazing way to wrap it up. I mean, I just think that leaving with the most important piece of advice being I've had, I've been through the ringer and had the craziest life experiences in 26 years um, and challenges that I've risen up to and met and, you know, I've been able to do this and you can too, but the simplest thing and the best thing that you can do is listen and be there for someone. And, and also to like, if you're thinking, you know, I'm thinking about experiences as you share yours, like how many times did I abandon other people because their challenge was uncomfortable for me, you know, to, can I talk about that? And and, in a way, like we're going through a revolution right now with black lives matter and, And, you know, I felt uncomfortable saying the word black around my friends. So like really kind of shattering this idea of like what we can and can't talk about and just saying like what feels intuitively right to you is probably the right thing. So if Micheline is really struggling or she's on your mind, reach out to her. Or if uh, one of my girlfriends from high school who had, I don't even know what her medical diagnosis was, but she's in the hospital all the time and she's just tortured. Like, just reach out and say, hey, how are you doing? You know, like, I'm still here. I'm still listening. And to know from you that that is your biggest medicine and the best thing that we can do to support you, that's an easy thing for anyone to do. So I'm just like, cataloging now in my brain I'm like going back thinking okay 
who am I going to contact after this episode? And you say, hey, like, I'm thinking of you. Is there any way I can help you or support you? But it's very true. And I love how you brought up the fact of, like, the Black Lives Matter. Like, it's an uncomfortable situation. And I think rather than just, like, how people now, they don't want you to silence. They want you to educate yourself. And it's the same with people who have any issues, just like you said, any type of thing that are kind of going on and you're not familiar with don't shy away from it, you know, move into it. Yeah. There was, when we just got into quarantine, look, I'm a Pinterest fanatic and I follow all these positive quotes and inspirational quotes. And I used to chalk all around the neighborhood. And one of my favorite chalkings that I ever wrote was make empathy great again. I feel like with the Black Lives Matter movement, like anti-racism is like so important and it's like the action item. And I feel like now as, you know, what we're talking about going through these difficult situations and asking how can I support you or whatever, like that's a really great like slogan for yeah. for motherhood and for just even if you're not a mom and, and you're Micheline's friend or, you know, you grew up with somebody and you're like, gosh, they're really going through the ringer right now. Like, I bet they could just use a hi, how are you doing? I'm thinking of you and praying for you. Um, so making empathy great again is going to be maybe my 2020 mantra. I love that. I love that. But it's very true. And it applies to a lot of things. So what's your greatest wish for Tad? My greatest wish is that he finds things enjoyable in life that he loves that he gets to accomplish um, and that he gets to just be happy to do things he loves to do and not have to worry about what, you know, will hold him back. I think that is definitely my best wish for him, but he'll do whatever he wants to do because he does that anyway. So (laughs) I just am so grateful for our friendship, our new friendship, and for you being brave to share the truth of what it really is like um, to go through what you're going through. And also for sharing, honestly, like the simple ways that we can help each other and to make, as cliche as it sounds, the world a better place by empathizing and um, listening. No, I couldn't agree more. And thank you for having me and listening to me cry. Anyone who really knows it knows that I'm a baby. (laughs) Anytime, anytime. You're not a baby. You're wise beyond your years and wiser because you're accessing and feeling those emotions. You know, like that's, that's inspiring in itself. And so thank you for just being you and being brave enough to, to share it all. Thank you for having me.